A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coffee Break French Magazine, Season 1, Episode 5. Bonjour et bienvenue. Welcome to Coffee Break French. This is the Coffee Break French magazine. Et moi, c'est Marc. Et moi, c'est Pierre Benoît. Bonjour Pierre Benoît, comment vas-tu bah, Très bien Marc, trop content d'être à nouveau avec vous tous. Et puis surtout, content que les, que les beaux jours soient arrivés. Que les beaux jours soient arrivés. You're happy that the good weather, the beaux jours, the beautiful days have arrived, oui. soit arrivé. That's a little bit of a complicated construction to start the episode, I have to say. Content que les beaux jours soient arrivés. But nonetheless, moi aussi, je suis content que les beaux jours soient arrivés. On est en juillet. Eh oui, et c'est pour ça qu'ils sont là. Oui. Now, this is actually the last episode of the magazine before our little summer break. Oh. Uh, toi, tu t'en tu, tu, tu vas, hein? Oui, je, 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 je m'en vais, je retourne en France voir ma famille. Exactement. Et moi, bah, je vais en Espagne. Oui. Et puis, je vais aussi en Suède. C'est bien. Et il se peut ah oui, que, que tu... j'aille euh, en France aussi. Oui, que tu viennes peut-être me voir bah, Peut-être, ah, on verra bien, on je, verra je, bien. J'espère, j'espère, I hope. We need to, to still talk about the, the, the plans for, for July because we might be filming something in France, but we'll, we'll need to wait and see. Anyway, today we've got another text for you. Uh, we've got an interesting phone-in question, but we also have uh, Susie to help us with our, our icing on the cake at the end of the show. Wait. But for now, it's time to move straight on with our text of the day. Alors, t'es prêt? Moi, je suis toujours prêt. Allez, c'est parti. This week's text is all about an area of uh, the French-speaking world, which I have to say I love. Let's hear from Suzy all about le Québec. Vas-y Suzy, on t'écoute Le Québec est une province du Canada où la majorité de la population est francophone et la langue officielle est le français. Fondée en 1608, sa capitale, la ville de Québec, est l'une des plus anciennes villes d'Amérique du Nord. Montréal est la principale métropole. Son nom vient du Mont-Royal, la colline aux trois sommets au cœur de la ville. Ces deux villes sont reliées par le chemin du roi, longeant le fleuve Saint-Laurent. Les premiers colonisateurs français sont arrivés au Canada en 1536. Leurs dialectes venus de différentes régions de France se sont mélangés 
et ils ont commencé à emprunter des expressions anglaises dans les domaines des affaires et du commerce. En 1977, le français est devenu la langue officielle au Québec. La charte de la langue française interdit l'usage de mots anglais dans les situations formelles, bien que le « franglais » soit souvent parlé dans les contextes plus informels. Le terme « français canadien » comprend toutes les variétés de la langue française parlée au Canada, tandis que le « français québécois » désigne le français que l'on utilise au Québec. Le québécois est différent du français parlé en France. La prononciation et le vocabulaire dérivent d'une forme plus ancienne de la langue française. Le québécois est aussi influencé par des anglicismes. Les québécois utilisent par exemple le terme « marier » au lieu du verbe français « épouser »,« ignorer » au lieu de « négliger » et « appointement » au lieu de « rendez-vous ». Alors, si jamais vous prévoyez un séjour linguistique dans un pays francophone, le Québec pourrait être la destination idéale. Une destination idéale pour pratiquer le français, alors euh, Oui, mais, mais aussi parce que, en ce qui me concerne, moi, Marc, j'ai toujours voulu euh, euh, aller au Québec. Pourquoi euh, j'ai toujours été intéressé par euh, bah, euh, le fait que la culture soit différente, oui. d'accord Et puis, je, je sais aussi que l'accent est différent et ça, ça m'intrigue, ça m'intéresse. Ouais. Moi, j'ai eu l'occasion d'aller de, de, à Montréal il y a deux ans ouais. et j'ai adoré une ville spectaculaire. Alors, euh, en quelques mots, qu'est-ce qui t'a plu vraiment Qu'est-ce qui t'a touché hmm, Une bonne question. J'ai bien aimé euh, l'ambiance de la ville, d'accord très européenne. Mais aussi, euh, je ne sais pas, un peu exotique, si tu veux. D'accord. Mais j'ai beaucoup aimé. D'accord. Et c'était à quel moment de l'année euh, Moi, j'y étais en, en août, en, en fait. Août. En donc, août, pendant l'été, quoi. Peut-être. Ah, pour eux, c'est pas l'été. Il n'y avait pas de, de neige. Il n'y avait pas de neige, d'accord. Et alors, euh, une dernière chose, qu'est-ce que tu as pensé de l'accent bah, J'ai adoré. D'accord. <rire> J'ai adoré J'ai adoré. Actually, I shouldn't even try to put on a Québécois accent because I'm not very good at it. Uh, but yeah, Let, let's get back to the accent uh, a little later because we're going to go through this text now. And what we'll do is, Pierre Penoir will read uh, each of the phrases and we'll talk about the language contained in the, the phrases as we translate each phrase together. Le Québec est une province du Canada où la majorité de la population est francophone et la langue officielle est le français. OK, so this is straightforward to begin. Le Québec, we use le Québec because we don't just say Quebec in French, we say le Québec, just to say the same way we would say la France. Yeah, we so need the article. So Québec is a province of Canada where the majority of the population, la plupart, on pourrait dire aussi, oui. la plupart, la majorité de la population, et francophone is French speaking. Et la langue officielle est le français. And the official language is French. Fondée en 1608, sa capitale, la ville de Québec, est l'une des plus anciennes villes d'Amérique du Nord. Okay, this is interesting because we're saying founded in 1608, its capital, la ville de Québec, the, 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 the city of Quebec, mm -hmm. Quebec city in, in English est l'une des plus anciennes villes d'Amérique du Nord. It's one of the oldest towns of North America. And note, it's l'une des plus anciennes villes d'Amérique du Nord. It's the one of the most old towns. It's quite tricky that we structure yeah. that, huh? We saw it last time in, uh, when we were talking about Strasbourg. Ah, and we saw vrai. a similar, uh, similar construction. C'est vrai. Montréal est la principale métropole. 
so Montreal, and note how Montreal is said in French, Montréal, et la principale métropole, it's the principal city, it's the principal metropolitan area. Son nom vient du Mont Royal, la colline aux trois sommets au cœur de la ville. So its name comes from Mont Royal, so literally the royal mountain. La colline aux trois sommets, the, the hill with three summits, au cœur de la ville, in the heart of the town, the city. And I have to say, it's a beautiful place. I, I climbed, well, I climbed. I walked up the paths <laughs> to the top, to one of the summits of Mont Royal. And there's a, a cross up on the, the top as well. And there are some fantastic viewpoints up wow. there. And lots of people having barbecues and enjoying the summer weather. And yeah, I really enjoyed tu that. Tu me donnes trop envie. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Ces deux villes sont reliées par le chemin du roi, longeant le fleuve Saint-Laurent. So we're talking here about ces deux villes, these two cities or towns, talking about Montréal and Québec, la ville de Québec, uh, sont reliées, reliées, they're linked, Link, yeah. par le chemin du roi, by the way of the king, the path of the king, le chemin du roi, longeant, this is from the verb longer, which yeah. means to go along, to skirt, to to skirt yeah. le fleuve Saint-Laurent. On dit que c'est un fleuve, mais oui. quelle est la différence entre fleuve et rivière <laughs> Alors, en anglais, ce serait la même chose. Oui, exactement. Donc, they're both translated as river. Uh, un fleuve is a river and une rivière is also a river. But voilà. there's a, a, a subtle difference in French. Oui, mais Marc, tu vas pouvoir traduire aussi pour nos auditeurs. <laughs> J'étais assez fort en langue et beaucoup moins fort en géographie. <laughs> yes, well, I, I mean, I didn't know that you weren't uh, good at geography, but I know that you don't like this question because we've talked about <laughs> well, I, th I think the, the the two things you could you could say is that usually a flood is much bigger than a river. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's obviously a, a a size thing, and also a flood flows into the sea. Yes, so the flood is the bigger one, yeah. and I, I guess the the, the the chances are most rivers that flow into the sea will be bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas a rivière can flow into another rivière or indeed into a fleuve. Yes. Now, it's important also to say that there is sometimes a lot of emotion uh, as to whether people, if they live near a, a river, they may believe that their river is a fleuve as opposed to a rivière. And uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a, a grey science. It's not black or white sometimes. Oh, and I think that I'll, uh, how could you say that? I think uh, there are some explanations that are really kind of tech, uh, technical. Technical, you know, exactly, so. yeah. Anyway, we're talking here about Le Fleuve Saint-Laurent, the Saint-Laurent River. And uh, that's, of course, because the Saint-Laurent does eventually reach the Atlantic mm -hmm. at the end of the Saint-Laurent River. Let's go back to our text and we'll continue on to find out about the first people who arrived in Canada. Les premiers colonisateurs français sont arrivés au Canada en 1536. So the first French uh, people who colonized Canada arrived in Canada in 1536. I could have said 1536. 1536, yeah. So you've nice got two, well. two, two options there. 1900, uh, sorry, 1536 or 1536. Leurs dialectes, venus de différentes régions de France, se sont mélangés et ils ont commencé à emprunter des expressions anglaises dans les domaines des affaires et du commerce. 
Okay, now this is obviously a little bit of a simplification of the historical uh, nature of what's going on here because, uh, of course, there were also uh, English-speaking uh, people arriving in Canada and, of course, all the First Nations uh, language speakers, mm-hmm. the, the native peoples in, in Canada at the time. Uh, so I, I realise we're, we're kind of going through many years of, of very complex history. In, in two and a half um, lines. In, in two and a half lines, yeah. But but let's focus on the French. Les dialectes, or le, leur dialectes, their dialects, Venus de différentes régions de France, um, which came from different regions of France, se sont mélangés. They mixed up themselves. They got mixed up together. Et ils ont commencé à emprunter, and they started to borrow, emprunter is to borrow, des expressions anglaises, English expressions, dans les domaines de, des affaires et du commerce, in the, the domains of, of business and commerce. Let's continue on now. En 1977, le français est devenu la langue officielle au Québec. So, straightforward enough, in 1977, la charte de la langue française interdit l'usage de mots anglais dans les situations formelles. Bien que le franglais soit souvent parlé dans des contextes plus informels. So this is the charter of the French language, la charte de la langue française, and it forbids the use of English words, interdit l'usage de mots anglais in formal situations, dans les situations formelles, bien que le franglais soit souvent parlé, although franglais is often spoken dans des contextes plus informels, in more informal contexts. Now, there's a couple of things in here. We need to look at this bien que, because bien que is one of these triggers that triggers our subjunctive. Yeah. And we've got a lovely subjunctive there in the form of soit, from the verb être. So, bien que le franglais, and franglais is just a combination of French and English, yes. soit souvent parlé, uh, is often spoken. Now, if we were to say franglais is often spoken, in uh, more informal context, we would just say le franglais est souvent parlé dans des contextes plus informels. However, because we've got that bien que in there, this triggers, triggers. our subjunctive. Yeah. And therefore it has to be... Soit. Bien que le français... Le pardon. Bien que le franglais soit souvent parlé. Okay. Good stuff. Okay, let us continue to find a little more about the, the, the term français canadien versus français québécois. Le terme français canadien comprend toutes les variétés de la langue française parlée au Canada. Okay, let's take it up to there. So uh-huh. the term French Canadian uh, comprend, includes, it includes yeah, all the varieties of the French language spoken in Canada. In the whole of Canada. Yep. Yeah. Tandis que le français québécois désigne le français que l'on utilise au Québec. So while, tandis que... The français québécois, québécois French, uh, refers to the French that one uses in Quebec. So, que l'on utilise au Québec, the French that one uses in Quebec. 
And the courant is one of these expressions that's used just so that it sounds nice. It because sounds we nice. could say, yeah. le français qu'on utilise au Québec. Yeah, when you're writing, though, when it's a, tran- oh, it's a sort of, you know, if it's a transcript or something that you're, you're writing, it's, it's much nicer to say que l'on. Que l'on. But the, the L apostrophe doesn't have any grammatical meaning no, there. No. Okay. So what we're saying is here that the, the French-Canadian term is referring to any kind of variety of French spoken throughout the whole of Canada. And there are different varieties in in Canada. My uh, cousin's mother and father-in-law are from New Brunswick and uh, Uh they speak in the most wonderful accent. It's absolutely fantastic. They speak French, but with this amazing New Brunswick accent and I love it. Um, (laughs) But it's very different from the the, the Quebec French. Can you Uh, give us a a, a wee rendition or not? I can't. No, I can't. I wouldn't want to to offend anyone by making an attempt to speak it. (laughs) But it's a wonderful accent. Okay. Okay, let's move on. Le Québécois est différent du français parlé en France. So, Québécois, the language of Quebec, is different from the French spoken in France. La prononciation et le vocabulaire dérivent d'une forme plus ancienne de la langue française. So, the pronunciation and the vocabulary derive from an, a, a more ancient and older form of the French language. And, and I, I actually I remember, Mark, having a very... Um, I'll say interesting conversation uh-huh. between a, a French Canadian and and uh, we we spoke uh, for about half an hour and he, he said to me that actually his French was purer than mine. <laughs> it was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? I mean, ultimately, it's the French that was taken over yeah. there in in the 1600s. So it is a an older form and probably did I say it a purer form, yeah. similar to the Spanish used in many parts of Latin America. That's, that's, For that's exactly true. the same yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Le Québécois est aussi influencé par des anglicismes. So as a result of the, this bilingual situation in Canada, the Québécois is also influenced by anglicisms. Les Québécois utilisent par exemple le terme « marié » au lieu du verbe français « épouser ». So just to explain this, in French you would use « épouser » to uh, to marry someone. Or « se marier avec ». Yeah. Oh. So, se marier avec is different from marier, mm-hmm. uh, because marier cannot be... Well, you, uh, could a priest marier someone? someone? Yes, 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 so, yes, so, yes. But you wouldn't marier someone yourself, no. unless you were a priest no. or a minister or something unless like that. Unless you come from an area called Pornic, and uh-huh. I've heard the... You know, my, 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 my pipi, my grandfather, I remember uh-huh. him saying, oh, il a marié la Denise. Oh, okay. He got right. married to Denise. Or, mm-hmm. So, and, and there's a, a wee dialect there a as dialect well. dialect thing, and, yeah. And, okay. and patois, as we say in French. Interesting, which probably comes from an older form of French. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So they use uh, marié rather than épousé. What else do they use? Uh, ignoré au lieu de négliger. So if you neglect something, then you use négliger in French, uh, but you can say ignorer right. in uh, French-Canadian. And I think they use appointment. So an appointment. Au lieu de rendez-vous. Instead of rendez-vous. All sorts of, of fascinating terms. In fact, we've got a really interesting article on the website about some Québécois terms. Uh-huh. Um, it's definitely worth looking at. I, I know I know too, Mark. I don't know if it's interesting. Vas-y, I know. Est-ce que tu as un char un char. Ouais. Un char, c'est une voiture, n'est-ce Très pas bien, très bien, très bien. Et le dernier, c'est « Je pense que je vais magasiner ce week-end ». Ah tiens, 
Tiens, Donc, magasiner est devenu un verbe, un ER verb. To shop, to go shopping. But I don't think it goes back to uh, a purer form of French. <laughs> I wouldn't like to get into that argument. What I, It's fantastic. I love yeah. it, Mark. There, there's actually, when I was in my final year at university, I did a special study on uh, the theatre of Michel Tremblay. And Michel Tremblay is a French, a Québécois, a Québécois uh, dramatist who wrote some amazing plays, um, which are all set in, in sort of working class uh, Quebec. And they are really fascinating because what you're seeing in any play, you're seeing real language. It's not like in a novel where you're getting description and everything like that. In a play, you're always getting spoken language because there's no description. You're, you're seeing things. Mm -hmm. So in a play like Les Belles Sœurs, Les Belles Sœurs is a fabulous play. Um, and there you've got amazing language used throughout. And it's, it's, it's just absolutely fascinating. And it's in this dialect, this Montreal dialect, which is referred to as joual. And joual is the way in which the word cheval is said in, in Montréal, in, in Montreal. So they're using joual all the time. And one of the very interesting aspects of Montreal French and, and Quebec French in general is the way in which um, basically swearing happens um, because it's, it's, it's a very fascinating from the, the point of view of, of uh, linguistics and, and discussion of language, but it's a very religious swearing. So it's blasphemous swearing rather than any other kind of swearing. Now, we don't want to get into this in this particular episode, but it is very, very interesting indeed. And one of the things that I really like about Les Belles Sœurs is the fact that it was actually translated into Scots and performed as the Gid Sisters. And so the working class uh, dialect of, of uh, Montreal, Joal, was translated into working class Glaswegian dialect and performed uh, a few years back as the Gid Sisters. It's like the, the Quebecois, uh, is that called the, the Steamy or something like that? Remember that? It's similar to that, yeah. Uh -huh, it's like uh -huh. the Steamy, yeah. Uh -huh. I think I'm, I'm kind of going off topic a little bit. <laughs> But just before we, we, we go back to our text, uh, I mean, we need to, to, to tell our, our listeners that how rich um, the, the, the whole uh, French Canada is. I mean, I'm very much into music and there are many, many... Uh, Uh, Quebecois artists yep. and, and that are, are uh, who are actually fantastic. fantastic Absolutely, you know. And you might also want to check out our, our new Tune for Tuesday uh, slot on a Tuesday. We're publishing a tune every week, and this week we've got a French Canadian performer to to share with you as well. Qui s'appelle? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, il faudra que je l'écoute alors. Tout à fait. Il faudra que je l'écoute. Tout à fait. Okay. <laughs> Let's just come back to our final paragraph in the text. Alors, si jamais vous prévoyez un séjour linguistique dans un pays francophone, hmm, le Québec pourrait être la destination idéale. So, if you're ever planning a, a linguistic journey, a linguistic stay in a French-speaking country, perhaps Quebec could be the perfect destination, the ideal destination. Voilà, donc euh, j'espère je, que ce texte vous a plu. J'en suis sûr et euh, nous allons continuer notre podcast dans un petit instant.
If you'd like to take your French that bit further, then you may consider signing up for one of our premium courses on the Coffee Break Academy. There's something for everyone, from absolute beginners up to advanced learners, and the premium materials include lesson notes, transcripts, video lessons, exercises, and vocabulary guides, depending on which course you opt for. Head over to coffeebreakacademy.com to find out more. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. We are now at the part of the show where the listener to Coffee Break French becomes the star of the show. And this week's star of the show with a question is Kaysen. Over to you, Kaysen. Hi, Mark. Hi, Pierre. Hi, Susie. My name is Kaysen. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, United States. I've been listening to Coffee Break French now for about three years regularly. Um, I love the show. It's helped me out a lot to learn French. My question for you today is this. I'm learning to uh, read French now, and I see this phrase used a lot. And that phrase is il s'agit de. So il as in he or it, s'agit as in um, the conjugated form of agir, which is to act. Um, but there's a f- reflexive component in there. And then de. So il s'agit de. It's at the beginning of a lot of sentences. I've tried to look up exactly the translation to English. It seems to mean a lot of different things. Um, and I haven't gotten a straight answer. So I was hoping you could help me out. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your question, Kaysen. And it's a very good question because il s'agit de is quite a tricky phrase to get your head around. Now, you're quite right. It does have a link to the verb agir, which means to act. However, it doesn't mean anything to do with Acting. Il s'agit de is a set phrase, if you like. It's always in the masculine, so it's always il s'agit de, never elle s'agit de, but il s'agit de. And it means something like it's about, or it's to do with, or something like that. I think it would make more sense if I give you some examples. Let's imagine you are talking about a film that you've seen. Someone may ask you, de quoi s'agit-il? So, meaning, what is the film about? De quoi s'agit-il? Your answer could then be, uh, il s'agit d'un voyage autour du monde. It's about a journey around the world. Now, don't be caught out by this, because you can't say, le film s'agit d'un voyage autour du monde. You can't say that, because the il there doesn't refer to the film. The il is a sort of impersonal il. So, it's about, in the film, you would say, dans le film, il s'agit d'un voyage autour du monde. That's the way you would get around that. De quoi s'agit-il? Il s'agit d'un voyage autour du monde. Or, dans le film, il s'agit d'un voyage autour du monde. 
So that, if you like, is one of its most common senses when you're talking about what something is about, a film, a book, uh, a novel, uh, a poem, or even a, a painting, for example. You could talk about what a painting is about, what's in a painting, by talking using the phrase il s'agit de d'un champ de fleurs or whatever it happens to be. But you'll also see il s'agit de in other contexts. And these are perhaps a little more complicated because they're more difficult to translate. I'm thinking, for example, of uh, an expression you may hear a parent saying, for example, um, il s'agit de faire ses devoirs maintenant. Now, you couldn't really translate that by saying it's about doing one's homework now. But it is that kind of slightly less personal and therefore almost stronger desire or wish or direction or instruction to get something happening. So we should really do our homework now, i.e. get your homework done now. You may also hear something like, Il ne s'agit pas seulement de l'argent. So it's not just about the money. Or in the imperfect tense, you'll often hear, il s'agissait de quelque chose. So, uh, il s'agissait de la maison. It was about the house. They were talking about the house. The whole thing was about the house. So, as you can see, Kaysen, the whole idea of translating il s'agit de can be quite tricky. You really need to think about the context and try to come up with a, a word in English or an expression in English that works for il s'agit de. I hope that this has helped you understand how il s'agit de works and that you can use it yourself in your spoken or written French. Now, there's some further practice of il s'agit de in the exercises for this episode, and you can find more about them on the website at coffeebreakfrench.com. If you would like to ask a question, then simply get in touch with us by going to coffeebreakquestions.com or send us a voice message to the email address radiolingua at gmail.com. Alors, bonjour Suzy. Bonjour Marc. Comment vas-tu Très bien, merci. Et toi Très bien, très bien. Ok, qu'est-ce que tu as nous, pour nous aujourd'hui Alors, nous avons des termes en français canadien. D'accord, ok. Donc, ce sont des termes version canadienne euh, pour des, des, des termes français. Enfin, voilà, oui. Ok, so French words as they're used in, in Canada, uh, which are different from the way in which they would be used in France. Exactement. Ok, so what's the first one alors, euh, en français, euh, glace, la glace. Oui. Donc, ça, c'est de la glace, that's ice cream. Mm -hmm. Et on dit quoi en, au Canada Crème glacée. So, that's a, a kind of literal translation of the English ice cream, or iced cream, crème glacée. Uh, so, you don't talk about glace, une glace in, in Canada, you would say une crème glacée. Oui. OK. What else have you found euh, En français, pastèque. So a pastèque, pastèque is a, a watermelon, yeah? That's right, yes. I, can I guess this? <laughs> On you go. <laughs> Would this be a melon d'eau? <laughs> voilà, oui. <laughs> so a watermelon, a melon d'eau, a, a melon of water in, in Canada. Fantastic. Uh, anything else? La myrtille, en français. So, so myrtille is a blue, blueberry, is mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah. Yes. And how would you say blueberry in, in Canada? Bleuet. Bleuet. Un bleuet is, uh, that's, I think we use that in, in French as well for a we cornflower, yes. is that right? Mm -hmm. Cornflower. In fact, Pierre Benoit's cousin runs a campsite called Les Bleuets, just outside Pornic. Ah bon? 
<laughs> that's a fairly random. <laughs> we'll double check that with them, but um, yeah, I'm fairly fairly certain Les Bleus, Campine Les Bleus, uh, the cornflowers. But you would say uh, Les Bleus for blueberries in in Canada. Très uh, intéressant. Ça, oui. Très intéressant. <laughs> Let's have one more. Alors, en français, un maillot de bain. That's a swimsuit. Yes. En français canadien, un costume de bain. Oh, okay, like a swimming costume, un costume de mm -hmm. bain. Très bien. Okay, if you would like to find out more about the French used in Quebec, we actually have a blog article on the site, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes where you can get an introduction to the le, le français du Québec. Alors, merci beaucoup, Suzy, pour cet épisode. Merci, Marc. Et ben, à, à bientôt. Ou à tantôt, comme on dit en français canadien. Très bien, à tantôt. <rire> Alors, on est de retour avec Pierre Benoît. Est-ce que j'ai eu raison Bien sûr, Marc, totalement raison. Ce sont mes cousines qui tiennent ce camping, le camping des Bleuets à Pornic. Et d'ailleurs, si vous allez à Pornic, bah, euh, si vous avez <rire> besoin de, de passer une nuit à Pornic, euh, le camping des Bleuets, c'est très bien. Tout à fait, <rire> voilà. tout à fait. I have fond memories of, of a game of pétanque there uh, with, with you and, and some friends. Ah, avec Philippe, ouais. avec mon copain Philippe. <rire> Bonjour Philippe <rire> Okay, that is it for this episode of the, the Coffee Break French magazine. We hope that you're enjoying this. As I said at the beginning of the episode, we're pausing for the summer. It's the summer in the Northern Hemisphere. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, happy winter. But we are up here about to enjoy, hopefully, a very pleasant summer. Sure, um, We will be back at the end of the summer with the next episode. And there's lots more to look forward to when we come back. But in the meantime, if you're looking to do some further practice, then you may be interested in the full premium version of the Coffee Break French magazine. And that, of course, includes the lesson notes with the transcript and also exercises and vocabulary lists to help you check what you've learned in each episode. And don't forget to check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Mark. Yeah, facebook.com slash Coffee Break French. We're on Twitter. That's Learn French at Twitter. Uh, Instagram. We are Coffee Break Languages on Instagram. Anything else I'm oh, forgetting? I think that's probably <laughs> it. But of course, you can always head over to coffeebreakfrench.com for all the other information about everything you need to know. Voilà, c'est tout pour aujourd'hui. Merci beaucoup. Et moi, ça m'a vraiment plu. Et à la prochaine. À tantôt. <laughs> You have been listening to a production of the Coffee Break Academy for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2019, Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2019, Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved. <laughs>